This is the Mumsnet podcast brought to you in association with our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non-Bio. I'm Fee Glover and this one is about relationships. Nothing really prepares you for the arrival of your first baby. It's as if a tornado of emotions has rushed through your home. And if you have a partner, the emotional shape of that home can be changed forever. Your baby is many things, not least the third point of a triangle, and trying to get to grips with all of the things you feel can be slightly overwhelming. It's like being asked to draw a picture using all the colours in the pencil tin, not just the ones you're used to and not just the ones that you like. And in all of that... What happens to us? The relationship that got this whole thing started in the first place. The feelings you experience in the wake of becoming parents can be extreme, as this Mumsnet conversation shows. Help. I have a five-month-old daughter and I'm struggling with how I feel about my relationship with her father. I feel so confused. I know having a new baby is a difficult time and I'm trying to hold off on drawing any conclusions, but... I veer between being awful to my husband and completely shutting myself off. Your baby's only five months old, so you're probably pretty hormonal and sleep-deprived. I felt just the same as you and I got over it. I think the shock of adjustment to motherhood is massive and it can't be underestimated. Really, honestly, it gets a lot, lot better than this. I just said to my husband... I got together with three mums netters over a cup of tea and some very nice banana bread to chew over the state of our post-baby relationships. One of them was Nida, who was happy to bounce Robin on her knee, Robin being the six-month-old son of one of the other mums with us. So a really, really lovely, wise mum friend of mine said that her relationship changed the day that she realised that she would step on her husband's head to get to her baby if she needed to get to her baby. (laughs) And it's just a fact, isn't it? It changes. Uh, relationship yeah we both would definitely step on each other's heads for our daughter so have you had those kind of really open conversations about how life has changed with a baby um yeah I, I think we're getting a lot better at being more open because in the early days I'm just both so tired I think I especially the exhaustion was making me go through emotions that I was unfamiliar with and just all over the place I don't think I could have actually sat down and had a coherent discussion about it but as time has gone on you do just have to be like right okay this is how I feel this is what I think we should do what do you think because it does very much feel like both of us are very focused and filled at the moment with our one daughter yeah it's it's an ongoing thing and we're learning every day and we're also going to hear from three dads Kieran Matthias and Rob whose memories of those first months were heavily influenced by the screams of a baby with colic you're just exhausted all the time. So we'd never really kind of argued or anything before that. But then having a baby meant that we started to kind of snap at each other a little bit. Of course, you're on the edge. But interestingly, the first two weeks, we were this kind of unified team doing everything together. And I was as much an expert as Sarah was. We were completely equal. And there was this real camaraderie. But then when I went back to work, instantly there was this gulf that appeared and it was between myself as coming back and being given a list of things to do and Sarah then developing the mantle of quote unquote the professional and I think that really creates tension. First one there was still this give and take of okay you take him now I have a bit of time once you have like two kids under the age of three basically it means it's hands-on all the time for both parents. Most women kind of have to get on with learning how to be mothers. Most men do not have the same level of physical connection with the baby and many in the early days feel like rather helpless spare parts. 
You start to feel that he's incompetent, he feels helpless and alienated, and an exhausted, unsupported cycle of blame develops. Don't divorce him just yet. Tonight, my son woke five minutes after I got into bed. My husband stirred, so I told him I was leaving at five minutes. Then I'd feed him. I did, and then, like every other time, husband snored through it. I put the baby down. He woke again. Husband, are you getting him or not? You said you would five minutes ago. Me, I've just bloody fed him. You slept through it. Our son starts to cry. My husband goes upstairs. Cue five minutes of screaming. I decide I can't take it anymore and I go up. My husband is standing up, cuddling him and saying he's wet through. Well, bloody change him then, you idiot. Yes, mum shoulders more of the hard, hard work of sleep deprivation than dad, especially at the time when she's off work and you are back in work after the two weeks. That, of course, is cause for tension. But then there's that camaraderie you were referring to already, Kieran, saying, you know, you're going through this together. You sometimes really snap at each other really badly. We are to- my total wife would definitely <laughs> say it's camaraderie, though, I think. <laughs> you probably have a different word for it than sort of like, oh, this is great camaraderie, Rob. You know, you're lying in bed asleep and I'm breastfeeding. So what can dads usefully do to share the load and forge their own bond with the baby? There's obviously bath time, a great opportunity for you to sit down for five minutes and for him to share some special time with the baby. And bathing together gives them extra skin time, which in that primeval sense forms an important bond between parent and child. Mum's netters have plenty of other useful tips. It's normal for the baby to bond with a secondary carer later. You could try wearing one of his shirts to speed up the process. Consider expressing if you're breastfeeding so that he can have the bonding experience too. Taking baby out in a sling can be a snuggly pleasure for dad and baby. And dad may find he gets admiring looks from passing ladies, which is always good for the morale. Of course, it's lovely to have a strong dad-baby bond, but the point is also to ensure that baby duties get shared a bit. Hattie is one of our mum's netters who we had over to tea. She says you've got to accept all the help you can get. Replace nope with yup. If you're the sort of person who says, no, no, I'm fine, you know, change that. To have somebody else who can get your child to sleep is invaluable. So if you have a partner, to share the worst part of the work in the first three months is absolutely invaluable. And yes, they may be going to work or you may be going to work during the day. But, you know, looking after a child, it is work. You need to share it in the night as well because it's not possible to function during the day and look after children, sometimes more than one, if you haven't had any sleep. Yep. I feel like I inherited a mentality that mothers on maternity leave are off, they're off work, it's like a holiday. And uh, before I had my daughter, I was of this mindset that, well, I'm going to do the night feeds because I'm not going to work and my husband is. I had to change my mindset because I just wouldn't have been able to cope. Yeah. And it's good bonding time as well, isn't it? You know, for your partner and the baby. That's the method I tried. Yeah. (laughs) If you're breastfeeding um, and you could do the feeds, like they should do the nappies or something, have some kind of agreement in the night where you're not constantly the only one who's seeing to your baby's needs. Because it's dangerous as well, in my opinion. Like, obviously, there's lots of people who do do it on their own. And I've got a huge amount of respect for them, a newfound amount of respect than I had before I had children. Because it's, it's hard and, you know, you make strange decisions when you're tired. Oh, and gosh, I mean, the 3am, 4am feeds can feel so lonely. Mm. It's an odd time mm. of, the, of the day, night, to be awake. So. It's very dangerous doing online shopping at 3 and 4am oh, in the morning. You went, did I really order that? I don't remember ordering that. And then you go, oh, no, yeah, I did. Look at the order purchase number. It was 3 or 3am. I quite clearly ordered that. 
Our dads agreed that the night time was the crucial period in those early months, and they seemed to get the point that for their partners it wasn't helpful or even kind to just snore their way through the nights in warm, dozy comfort, whilst the wife had to get up and sort things out. It's the gesture sometimes that matters. It's like, okay, I know baby's crying, wife is trying to breastfeed, there's nothing really I can do now. But sometimes just waking up and being there, basically, that sometimes made the crucial difference. I definitely agree with that. Rather than you just sort of thinking, oh my God, the baby's crying, I'm going to kind of turn over and just ignore it and go back to sleep. But I think also our kids didn't go straight back to sleep. I mean, that could take hours. Mm. So being on hand to do that kind of like helps to kind of divide things up a little bit as well. That's exactly the role that I had, was just trying to get the baby back to sleep by walking around or using the extractor fan just... (laughs) Standing there with the baby under the extractor fan because the white noise just switches them off. The mornings are quite crucial. If there's a routine where you can just take the baby and do breakfast or whatever, and it's that extra half an hour of of your wife being in bed on her own, knowing there's no one to disturb her. But I think you are super dad. Because you you also do that and then you go to work and you never seem tired, which is amazing. But all of this is difficult territory to negotiate because neither of you has been here before. Are you equal partners or is one of you going to take the lead? And what will happen when dad goes back to work, which is still the norm, usually after a painfully short period of paternity leave? How you sort it is entirely up to you, but these are the pitfalls of those who've gone before you. This is Hattie's story. It's a bit silly for the first week. We tried to do everything together in the night and stuff, and we were both just equally tired. And then we kind of found our feet in terms of, yes, him doing the changing and me doing the feeding. And then when I stopped feeding, we did equal bottles during the night, even when he was at work and stuff. And I think it was really important, more than anything, for his confidence with having a baby, because I think it's too easy sometimes. I've seen it in quite a few relationships for the women to really take control and manage everything. And then it gets to a stage where the mum wants to do something or go somewhere without the child but their other half doesn't have the right level of confidence to be able to look after the baby we have this ridiculous sort of notion in society that dads are babysitters (laughs) they're not 16 year old girls earning a bit of pocket money they're a parent when my husband went back to work after paternity leave i did maybe for a month or so fall into this mindset where it was just easier if i did it and i actually think that was quite a dangerous territory to enter because It actually made him feel less confident because I didn't think he was able. And actually, he's perfectly capable. It's just that it was learning that we do things in different ways. And also, it's usually the first time in a relationship that you've had to kind of share each other's skills. You know, unless you actually work together, you don't really see how your partner does every single tidy thing, do you? It's very different. I don't know how to have a job, quite frankly. No, are you joking? I think that quite often. I'm like, how are you employed? But obviously, different skills. Yes. Yeah. Neither there. I love her. Here's Lucy's story. She and her husband have taken it in turns to be the primary carer for their two girls, and she feels it's been fantastic for their relationship. I remember Joe having a discussion with his friend who was saying, oh, I know what it's like to look after children. And Joe was saying, you know, with all due respect, you really don't, because it's the day-in, day-out drudgery of it. Children are magical and amazing and we all love them, but there are things you do every day. The laundry is never finished, the kitchen is always messy. So the more men that understand that and the more fathers who are happy to take over, even only for a few months, I think it would help. 
but you can't leave a list of things for them to do because that is their child as well so you have to empower each other to do things the way you do it and and we're we're quite different actually as parents but I think that's helped Nell and Phoebe I've put some food Kieran the food's over there I've got to go out Jesse just needs to have some pasta and lock and two. Ah, oh, yes, the list thing. Seems simple, doesn't it? Things need to get done and you'll forget what they are, so why not make a list? But really? Would you like to be given a list of tasks to do by your partner? Our dad said they need the freedom to make mistakes and just the freedom, actually. When the kids are really little, they can't really tell mum what's happened, so... You know, they have been screaming or something like that and you've worked it out and it's been okay. But now they've got a little bit older, you know, mum will come back and they say, oh, guess what daddy forgot to do? (laughs) And of course, you know, there's a complete different version of events that comes out of your mouth. Yeah, everything was fine. Yeah, it was a little little crying, five, ten minutes, you know, (laughs) when they've been bawling all afternoon. You know, we're not ultimately really that stupid and we're not going to let any of them have any kind of serious accidents, hopefully. So we just need to sort of work it out in our own way. And if it means missing a few meal times, a couple of hours late or whatever, then that's OK. You're listening to the Mumsnet podcast brought to you with the help of Fairy Non Bio. And the help doesn't end there. They've got these new liquid tabs available. They're softest ever for the whole family. Oh, heavens to Betsy with a tabard on housework. Many sitcoms have been written about it. Many stereotypes adhered to. Do we all really want this? Hapless dad who can't even mop a floor. Mum who has to step in. I have been back to work, but then now I'm not working. And even when I was at work, I still very much felt responsible for the house maintenance. I mean... He still would help, but I would have to kind of arrange and organise and say, could you do this and then I'll do that. So it almost felt like regardless of whether I work or not, it's very much my responsibility. Is that regardless of whether you had children or not as well, though? Probably, actually. I hadn't really thought of it in that way. Because my top tip then for anyone to have a baby, just be a useless person. (laughs) Never do any housework like me. (laughs) And then when you have a child, your husband doesn't expect anything of you. (laughs) But many partners do form the perhaps erroneous view that because you're on maternity leave or are a stay-at-home mum, it's your job to do it all. Mums netters advise disabusing them of this notion pronto. It's hard to get housework done with a small baby around and if there's still stuff to be done when you're both at home, it's only fair to split it. But as Rob points out, not all chores are equal. There's that showboating thing going on sometimes, isn't there? I know my wife would always say, you make a big song and dance of the fact that lots of people come around and you've cooked the dinner or you've kind of done all the really big gestures but maybe have not been so good on kind of doing the nitty gritty day-to-day things and you probably get more oh wow you know that's really nice you've kind of cooked that or whatever it is and the kind of the day-to-day stuff probably goes unthanked more what helps as well is seeing the big picture that's not always easy to do but here's a mum's netter putting it bluntly I mean, ultimately, it's whether his or her good points compensate for the bad ones. So if you're married to someone who hates housework but is always available to drive you and your friends and relatives everywhere, is a constant sympathetic ear, makes you laugh and is fab in bed, then you could probably overlook the slobbiness. However, someone who does F all around the house but whines that your standards are not high enough is probably not a keeper. One of the things that crops up time and time again is that feeling of isolation. Maybe you loved surfing, belonged to a treasured book club, or you were the funniest person down the pub. Not doing any of those things can begin to drain you of your sense of identity. 
particularly if you're not working either. And this can cause real strain in your relationship as you begin to jockey for position over who gets time off to go and be themselves. I think you've both been used to having like a lot of free time before you've had a baby. Suddenly you've got no free time and your wife hasn't got any free time. And then you have this big competition of who's got less time. And, <laughs> and who's done more. And you sometimes yeah. kind of like itemise things, which yeah. is crazy. I think there has to be this prioritising of your own projects that you still do because it's this sense of how you continue as a person not just a parent and we've got this concept of credits right i think that helps a lot if there's a real mutual understanding saying okay she knows this is really important to me i know this is really important to her so whenever this flag comes up like okay i really want to do this next next monday it's just no question asked you know this is like we we know this is important it becomes trickier if it's these ad hoc, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just meeting my mates down the pub, basically. This is where you really make the proper compromises. Clone that man. As all our dads recognise, the problems start when those credits aren't distributed evenly and it can be really tough for you if in the early weeks and months you simply don't have the energy to go and do all the things you'd like to do. My husband did the hobbies thing every weekend, leaving me isolated and alone. Eventually I said I couldn't go on and I was more lonely and exhausted than I'd ever been. He was shocked and I realised that he had no clue how isolating the entire experience was. I told him that of course he was entitled to pursue his hobbies, but for every hour he did something, I had to have a corresponding hour. We soon ended up doing more family things, basically because he didn't want to be alone with the baby too much. But what about you and your partner? You've tackled the housework, you've tackled the hobbies and interests. What about your romance? Nothing dampens the ardour like the smell of baby bomb. Should you still be making an effort? It, it just sort of reached a pinnacle where we were like, hold on, we've got to carve out some time for ourselves. So we do go out weekly now. And we see that as really important at this stage of our marriage. And it's brilliant. Before we got married, yeah, we used to laugh at people that called it date night. Like, so ridiculous. It's just a night. Why are you calling it a date night? And now, yeah, we have to have date nights. And we call them date nights because that's what they are. And if we call them anything else, we'll just end up sitting in the house and getting a takeaway pizza. So, Although, actually, that still can be a date. Do you all manage to have sexy time still? <laughs> if we called it that, I don't think we'd ever have it again. <laughs> Do you all manage to have romantic time together? That's even worse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's it worse. It's a lot worse. It's... Can I answer that by the fact I've got a six-month old? Does, does that answer the question? Well, it does. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's tough, if I'm honest, and it's kind of still a bit of a taboo subject, so rather than just ask friends and family outright, I'll just sort of go online and have a look at what other people are, are saying. I don't I'm, know. I got a bit lost then. I was like, what do you oh. go online for? <laughs> <laughs> like, pop onto Tinder. <laughs> um, yeah, and sometimes I do feel like, oh, perhaps, uh, is this normal? Is it not normal? And, and I think, like with everything else, if you are happy with it, if you are both happy with how things are and you're communicating, um, then I think it's fine. I don't think it's very healthy to compare to other people. Um, I do get surprised at how much sometimes people say that they have time for. I'm like, no, when lying. do you watch Netflix? When do you sleep? <laughs> no. uh, yeah, but you can't have watched the whole of House of Cards and have a sex yeah. life. <laughs> Most people have watched House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is very good. I apologise for the use of the phrase sexy times, by the way. 
It's a cringeworthy way of putting it, isn't it? And, of course, we ask the dads the same thing. That initial intense period of sleep deprivation, nah. And the relationship really transformed into something else because this sense of, wow, something so much bigger is here than, than having a sex life. <laughs> I think as parents, you probably have much less sex. Or if you, if you say you're having more sex, you're just lying. Because, you know... If you want to have sex in the morning, it's really difficult because the kids have woken up and things like that. There's so much less space for it to kind of happen naturally, isn't there? Suddenly it's shoehorned into these one or two hours in the evening where you could. (laughs) You can't bring yourself to because you're too tired. For me, it was also important to figure out how I can relate to my wife through the kids. And that this space doesn't become an all transactional, you know, have you done the nappies and have you done this? But ultimately that you enjoy family and be more patient and say, OK, our, our relationship, husband and wife are sort of embedded in there. They might not always be visible, not always be apparent to me, but, but they are in there and you need to make this work. Matthias is right, you know, parenthood is a journey and it can be a long one with insufficient toilet breaks and a vehicle that threatens to grind to a halt at any time. In my experience, the whole shebang is always helped along by the humour and honesty of other parents. And that's what we hope we have a bit of in these podcasts. We've got more, you know, sleep, health, hygiene and food. They come from the same place you got this one from. The Mumsnet podcast is a testbed production. I'm Fee Glover and we've been talking all about relationships. Thanks to our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non-Bio, who made this episode possible. And thanks to you for listening.